Welcome to the Big 3 IDP Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh, Bobby, and Adam. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? My name is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big 3 IDP Podcast. And it's just a solo pod tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I am here in the Soad Shack all by my lonesome. And the tears are flowing because the Corona done claimed both of my co-hosts. R.I.P. in peace. Addy, Bobby, they were good men. They didn't deserve to go out like that. But the show must go on. And so we are here talking about NFL free agency. And tomorrow we'll have their joint funerals where they'll be dumped into an open grave and have Baja Blast poured over their corpses. In all seriousness, uh, Addy has had a recurrence of some sort of flu cold, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Lots of rest there, Addy. Take her easy, baby. And uh, Bobby had a prior commitment tonight. So it is a solo pod with so much going on in the NFL. We didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Uh, Now, later this week, we will be coming back together, the hope is, to talk about all the big offensive moves. We, uh, we want to hit the DeAndre Hopkins trade, the Stephon Diggs trade, Tom Brady signing, Phil Rivers, all the juicy offensive stuff. We're going to try to discuss that all together later this week. But I wanted to come to you with this solo pod tonight to talk about the 12 IDP free agent moves that you need to be aware of as you get into some of your Dynasty League uh, whether it's a, a draft you have going on right now, you know, a startup, put these guys on your radar. If you've got, you know, drafts coming up later in the year, maybe you're trying to trade for one of these guys right now. Let's get a lay of the land two days. Well, not even into free agency. We're still in the legal tampering period. And so uh, all these deals that you see uh, being floated out there haven't actually been signed yet. Won't be signed until Tomorrow, Wednesday, when the free agent period actually starts during this legal tampering period, though, as we've seen in years past, this is when the majority of the deals get agreed to. So we're going to talk about the 12 deals that have happened that you need to be aware of for IDP purposes. All right. And so we're going to start with a pair of San Francisco 49ers going in different directions. So up first. Eric Armstead signed a five-year, $85 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. So he stays in San Francisco. This was something that if you listen to the episode with Mike Wallert, the last one that me and Bobby did with him last week, where we were predicting some of these landing spots, I think we all came down on uh, there was a good possibility that Armstead was going to be staying there in San Francisco, whether it was on the franchise tag or they agreed to a new deal. They got a new deal agreed to. So I should say he hasn't signed it yet. It's just been agreed to in principle. But five years, $85 million for the 49ers. And that ties into this next move because you have to figure that in locking up Armstead long term, the 49ers were not able to keep this next guy, DeForest Buckner, who was traded to my beloved Indianapolis Colts for the number 13 overall pick. The Colts then turned around and gave Armstead a new deal worth about $21 million a year, making him the second highest paid defensive player in football behind only Aaron Donald. So let's start with the Armstead move. 
Uh, obviously, this was the best possible scenario for Armstead. Really broke out there. Uh, very versatile kind of edge rushing type guy. So just probably a better fit for San Francisco in today's NFL, a position they probably prioritized more over DeForest Buckner, who's sort of the defensive tackle that kind of runs stuff from the middle, which is something the Colts had been missing. So that really was a deal that made sense for both sides to see Buckner going to a defensive tackle needy team like the Colts, who probably were taking one of the two stud rookie defensive tackles there at number 13 anyways. So they figure, let's get an established guy, give him a big deal, and let's solidify that defense. Now we have, you know, Quentin Nelson on the offensive line to anchor that unit, and we have DeForest Buckner in the middle of our defensive line anchoring that side of the ball. So I will say on the Colts side, um, not crazy about this move i think we may have overpaid quite a bit Um, i would have liked to have seen us instead uh, take one of the good rookie defensive tackles there at 13 who would have been much cheaper much younger Uh, buckner was a guy who i guess it's one of those things where the 49ers would have loved to have kept him logistically speaking especially after the d4 trade they just weren't able to he was kind of the odd man out And obviously the Colts GM, Chris Ballard, felt like this was a position of need that we had to fill. But to give up the first round pick and then turn around and make this guy a defensive tackle uh, that is not Aaron Donald, the second highest paid defensive player in the league, I just thought we gave up too much. I would have liked to have stayed there at 13, taken uh, either you know a quarterback if the Colts. That tells me the Colts probably didn't like any of those guys like Herbert or Jordan Love if they didn't want to stay in there at 13 and have a chance at taking one of those guys or maybe trading up into the top 10 to get one of those guys. So that tells me they probably were just, and we've obviously seen it now, the news broke Phil Rivers coming to the Colts. So this seemed to be the plan. We're not going to take a rookie quarterback this year. Maybe we'll be in on you know Trevor Lawrence or somebody else in next year's draft. Uh, but just not crazy about giving up that kind of draft capital and then turning around and making a defensive tackle the second highest paid player in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. But obviously, it was a position of need. I trust Ballard as a GM. So we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, this make this makes Buckner an instant impact guy for IDP purposes. If you're in a D-tackle required leagues, I would say without a doubt that uh, Buckner should be a top 12 guy if he stays healthy. So uh, if you have a chance to get him in your startup drafts, and like I said, defensive tackle leagues especially, uh, look to grab Buckner if you can. Uh, I don't know that I'm necessarily trying to to pay high right now. I would probably wait until after the draft when some of these rookies have come in and the uh, the the it's kind of cooled down a little bit on the free agency fever. I just wouldn't want to be paying top dollar because I'm sure the perception out there right now around Buckner is this guy's a great grab for IDP. So let the buzz die down a little bit and try to grab him later. So we've got a lot of linebackers here we're going to touch on. Obviously, IDP landscape dominated by linebackers. So we have a pair of guys going to the Las Vegas Raiders in Nick Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton. Uh, Kwiatkowski agreed to a three-year, $21 million deal. And Littleton, I'm sorry, Bobby, agreed to a three-year, $36 million deal with the Raiders. So 
Uh, I had a listener earlier today, uh, Buck22, asked me on Twitter, do I still like both of these guys uh, since Littleton has now kind of come in and stolen some of the line, uh, limelight that Nick Quick was getting there in Las Vegas? So the answer is yes. And I think Gary Davenport from Fantasy Sharks and The Athletic put it well when he said, Littleton, I see as a top 12, maybe lower end top 12 linebacker. And Kwiatkowski, I see more as a linebacker three type of guy. And I would agree with Gary. I think Nick has linebacker two upside, especially if you see Littleton get hurt. That's why I like both of these guys, because we know how important it is. If you look at our consistency charts for linebackers who finish inside the top 100 to play either 14, 15, or 16 games. It's just really hard to finish in that top 100 if you don't play all the games. So health is such a major factor, and that's just not guaranteed for any NFL player. So I'm more than happy uh, if, for instance, you're on a team that happened to have both of these guys. I wouldn't be necessarily worried because what happens, you know, if Nick goes down, well, Corey's value goes up even more and vice versa. Now, if you wanted to try to move one of these guys because they are in a really nice situation, as we talked about with Mike Wollert, uh, Las Vegas was a literal desert, but in the sense of IDP, a linebacker desert. So this filled a huge need for them grabbing two of the best guys on the board. It's an ideal landing spot. I love it for both guys. Just have to adjust the value. Value, obviously, for Kwiatkowski now that uh, he has a new linebacker mate in Corey Littleton. But I think this is maybe a slight downgrade for Littleton and a slight bump up for Kwiatkowski, even with Littleton coming in there. So uh, another couple guys here. Uh, Blake Martinez signed a three-year or agreed to a $30 uh, million deal uh, over three years with the New York Giants. Uh, Good Lord Gettleman, just uh, getting that checkbook out and going buck wild. I can't wait to see him pay Jadevian Clowney about $150 million over about seven years. I think that deal is coming. Uh, Also worth noting, Joe Schobert of the Cleveland Browns has agreed to a five-year $53.75 million deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars who also traded away Calais Campbell so you have to imagine especially since the Ravens gave Campbell that new deal as soon as he got there that Campbell was wanting to get paid older guy 34 but still very productive wanted to get you know some money wanted to negotiate a new deal and Houston, I'm sorry, Jacksonville was in the mindset of we actually really need to upgrade this linebacking core. Obviously, we know Miles Jack is there. Uh, our beloved Quincy Williams is there. But ever since um, you saw the departure of the linebacker from last year, uh, Telvin Smith, there has been a void there. And so I think they were looking uh, to fill that vacancy and they figured they have enough Uh, talent along the defensive line that they can get by, but they wanted to prioritize linebacker and they probably had their sights set on Schobert from the beginning. So this is um, obviously that was a perfect storm 
season for Joe Schobert last year. I do expect regression. Uh, I wouldn't be penciling him in top 12. It's just so hard to repeat that feat year after year. Um, I think a guy like Corey Littleton, I would actually give Corey a better chance of finishing inside the top 12 with his new team. I just think Littleton's a little bit better player than Schobert. That said, I wouldn't bet against Schobert. So if you believe that even if he comes down a little bit, I think he was like linebacker three in our league last year, linebacker two, he was very high. And so even if you think he comes off of that a little bit, he's clearly the guy in Jacksonville. This is going to be his defense. He's probably going to be wearing the green dot. He's going to probably play more than 95% of the snaps. So I'm not betting against Schobert, but if I had to put a number on it right now, I think it's a safer bet that Schobert finishes somewhere in that linebacker 12 to 18 range. Just a gut feel right now. We'll see how things shake out as we get closer to the season. But if you're in on Schobert, um, I wouldn't blame you. This is obviously a good situation that he's landed in. I just think regression is coming for this guy. And so we'll see how far that drags him down in the end of the year rankings. For Blake Martinez landing with the Giants, again, that was a linebacking desert, just like Las Vegas is. There was no linebacker of note, really, aside from Alec Ogletree, who the Giants moved on from. That was on that roster. And so even though we know that Blake Martinez is not the best linebacker in terms of the actual NFL, he has been a mainstay in IDP. As long as he's been healthy and played a high percentage of snaps, which he always does if he's healthy, he has been a top 12 guy. So I expect that to continue. Much like Littleton, I do see him falling back uh, a little bit in terms of, I think he was around like uh, linebacker five or six last year in our league. I see him more in that eight to 12, maybe like 10 to 14 range. I do think uh, I would give him better odds than Schobert of finishing inside the top 12 just because that's what he's done consistently. With Schobert, I do wonder if that was a one-year outlier. We just have a better track record of success with Blake Martinez, and much like um, Schobert going to the Jags, clearly this is going to be Blake Martinez's defense. He'll probably have the green dot, be playing a ton of snaps, and so as long as he can stay healthy, I do like Martinez as a back-end linebacking one, linebacker one option for your team this year. So other moves here worth noting. Robert Quinn, man, he had a nice year in Dallas and turned that into a five-year, $70 million deal with the Bears. Did not see this one coming, although they did let Leonard Floyd go. We aren't going to touch on Floyd because he's not really IDP relevant. Robert Quinn, I think this is a guy you can look at as maybe a back-end DN2 for your team. Um, he's not a guy that I'm really interested in, not a guy that I'm seeking out. A little older, uh, played well there in Dallas, um, but I think part of that too was you also saw the kind of uh, regression with Demarcus Lawrence and I think that opened up um, more opportunity for Robert Quinn to come in there and shine. So, um, yeah, he's 29 years old. Uh, his birthday is May 18th, so he'll be turning 30 uh, before the season starts. So maybe in like uh, he, he would be a nice like late round grab. If people are sleeping on Quinn, like we're doing a startup draft right now in the unreal tournament league that Addy put together. And if, 
you know, Quinn had been there in the, you know, it's a 52 round draft, I think. So if Quinn had been there in like the, I don't know, 25th round or something, I definitely would have grabbed him at that point. Um, I have to go back and look to see where he actually went. Uh, because of course there was this uncertainty from the beginning of the off season. We knew there was a good chance that uh, Robert Quinn was going to be on the move. Apparently, the Cowboys, uh, there's been rumblings that they might be interested in Jadevian Clowney. I don't know where Jerry Jones is going to get this money because uh, he obviously has franchise-tagged Dak. That's an expensive contract, fully guaranteed. They have obviously paid Zeke last year, and now they gave Amari five years, $100 million. So, uh, yeah, Robert Quinn, I think he's a good uh, like flex piece. Or a good like uh, DN two DN three. If he was your DN three, I'm feeling really good about that right now. But if he's my DN one, I'm a little bit worried because I just don't think he has that kind of upside this year. Even landing uh, in a nice defense like the Chicago Bears defense. So let's move on here and talk about a couple other of uh, former uh, Patriots linebackers. Um, and Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Oy. So Jamie Collins agreed to a three-year, $30 million deal with the Lions. Kyle Van Noy, four-year, $51 million deal with the Dolphins. Obviously reunites with Brian Flores, the former defensive coordinator for the Patriots down there in Miami. We know Miami has the most cap space of any team in the league. And so they are going to be spending it. And uh, I don't know that I would have given Kyle Van Oy $51 million over four years. But if you got the money, hey, go ahead and spend it. Just to give you all some context, uh, I mentioned where Robert Quinn, I would be looking to take him. He actually went at the 2405 in the Unreal Tournament draft. So the fifth pick of the 24th round, just to give you an idea of where he was being valued prior to this move, just because of the free agency bump, I think if we were redoing that draft today, I think you would probably see him go a little bit higher, maybe somewhere up closer to the 20s. So um, yeah, Kyle Vanoy, I want to check his age because he seems like a guy that's been in the league for 15 years, even though I know he hasn't. Uh, So he uh, will be 29 years old. Uh, His birthday is March 26th. This will be his age 29 season. Um, Yeah, not not a move that I would have made Um, as far as IDP purposes go. uh, Both of these guys, I think, could be in consideration. uh, You know, if you're starting three linebackers, if you're starting a defensive flex, uh, that's where I'd be looking at those guys. LB three potentially, but. More than likely, I'd say both of these guys are probably finishing outside the top 36. They're not guys I'm counting on to plug and play into my roster week after week. Uh, But anytime you see these guys make big money in free agency, it's like the fantasy footballers always talk about. The good news is that money guarantees opportunity. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, as far as scoring goes, We know that these guys are going to get the playing time. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get the stats because we know defensive players uh, playing times, the best metric to look at and chase snaps. We know that we've said that consistently still doesn't score as consistently as offense. You know, if you sign a running back to a uh, Kyle Van type contract, you give them $50 million uh, with a big guarantee you are pretty much saying we are going to give this guy 20 to 30 carries a game. 
So you're probably looking at a pretty safe floor of points. Doesn't work that way with IDP, as we know. So even though these guys are guaranteed playing time, we'll see if the stats translate and the points come with Jamie Collins and Cal Vanoy. A couple other interesting names I want to bring up here. Mike Willard mentioned his top free agent target for his beloved Cleveland Browns was Anthony Harris, the Viking safety. The Vikings franchise tagged Harris. Now they have said that he would be available, uh, sort of like a tag and trade scenario. Mary Kay Cabot reported that the Browns have inquired after Harris, but that the price of a third or a second round pick probably going to be a little too steep for the Browns, even though they are desperate for safety help because they just released Morgan Burnett. So I don't know who's playing safety there in Cleveland. You have to imagine they address this position in the draft if this Anthony Harris trade does not end up coming to fruition. Harris, for me, is a really interesting safety two option. Keep an eye on where he ends up. If he stays in Minnesota, I really like his potential to take a leap forward this year and cement himself as a startable option week in and week out for Minnesota. So we mentioned the Calais Campbell trade. Ravens gave him a new deal as soon as he got to town. I like Calais. I think he's one of those guys that you have to set aside the age. We know Calais is old, but he's one of these guys that just defines conventional wisdom when it comes to age and how that affects performance in the NFL. I would be looking at Calais right now as a flex option. Uh, If you have him as your DN2, I'm not necessarily panicking about that. I'm probably still looking to upgrade to maybe um, a little an option with a little more with a little higher ceiling. We know Calais's floor is very safe. We have such a good track record. We know Baltimore needed pass rushers something fierce. So even if Calais at this phase of his career is more of the run stuffing type, he's going to have opportunity to get after the quarterback. And I think with the void of defensive line options there in Baltimore, he's very intriguing to me. So if he's your DN two. I'm feeling okay about that, but maybe still try to upgrade that position. One final note here, the eight-fingered man himself, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, agreed to stay with the Buccaneers. So, again, we like when these guys like JPP, like Armstead, stay with their team because you have continuity, you have an established role, and we have a track record a history that we can look to that is very instructive. When teams, when players go from one team to the next, you can't copy and paste what they did in their previous team because it's a new coach, new scheme, new opportunity, new opponents, new teammates, new everything. And so when guys stay, especially when guys stay on these nice deals, it is a good indicator that what you saw last year from them in terms of IDP, as long as it wasn't this big jump in uh, productivity like we saw with Joe Schobert, you could pretty much anticipate if a guy had a average for him type of season that that is going to continue. I like JPP a lot as a DN3 flex option. Uh, I think if you are in one of those matchups where you need a high upside guy to go get you, you know, potentially 30 to 40 points, have a multi-sack game, that's where I'm looking to have JPP. Not putting him in as a regular starter, a regular player in my week-to-week lineup, but if he's on my team, I'm very happy about that. If I could snag him in the in the 30s somewhere, you know, in like the 30th to 30 
fifth round. I'm feeling really great about that. So those were the 12 IDP free agent moves that you need to know about. I'm out of breath. I have no saliva left in my mouth. So I am, I much prefer doing this show with Bobby and Addie. I wish they were here. Gentlemen, I hope to see you all later this week. We'll be breaking down, hopefully, all of the offensive moves. Typically, this is a defensive-focused podcast, but there's just too much fun, juicy stuff going on in the NFL right now not to talk about the offensive side of the ball. So I hope you all enjoyed this solo pod. Be sure to check out our website, big3idp.com. Check out idpguys.org to see Adam's top 500 combined ranks. And uh, y'all take care. Stay safe out there. Uh, We love bringing this show to you all and we'll continue to do so. We know this is, uh, I know I speak from experience. I love all the football podcasts that I'm subscribed to help get me through uh, the times that we're living in right now. So y'all stay safe. Enjoy this NFL free agency period. There's still more moves to come. Where is Clowney going to go? Where are some of these other big free agent uh, quarterbacks going to land like Jameis Winston? I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Y'all take care. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys later this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Big3IDP. 